host, Dennis Beard. God is love, and in him there's no darkness at all. He's light. Not that we first loved God, that he first loved us. Well, and yet we were sinners. Christ died for us. As far as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Be therefore likewise minded, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. He is our example. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If we say we love God and hate our neighbor, then we don't love God. If we, we don't love mankind, made in the image of God, whom we have seen, how can we say we love God whom we haven't seen? Now, in the Pentecostal realm, as well as fundamentalist, and in the present truth of tabernacleist, one is predominant, and that is love. New commandment Jesus said, I give you, that you will love one another as I have loved you. Now, that is not a phileo, just as a friend, closer than a friend, than a brother. But it is agape. Agapeo is God's love that passes all understanding. And we are commanded to have it. We've been passed from death and life that we have love for the brethren. That's a new commandment that Jesus gave. Hereby perceive you the love of God because he laid down his life for us. There's no greater love than that. And a man laid down his life for his friends. And Jesus laid down his life for us when, while in, yet we were sinners. There's no love greater than that. Shed his life's blood, righteous, holy, undefiled, separate from sinners. Laid down his holy, righteous blood for us while we were enemies of the cross, while we were enemies of God being in the flesh. We are commanded to have that same kind of love in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, a constitution of the bylaws of heaven, what it takes to be in heaven and being able to enter in. And one of those in Matthew 5, Jesus will end this chapter stay, stating, be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Before he gets there, he says, uh, you have heard that has been said, reading in Matthew 5, verse 43 on, that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Now we know the parable that Jesus set forth, and who is your neighbor? And Jesus talked about the parable of man had fell into a ditch, fell in among thieves, robbed, beaten, and stole. And a priest comes by and passes him by. A Levite comes by, passes him by. And finally, a Samaritan, which was considered uh, the lowest, a half-breed, an enemy of the lowest character, and took him, bound him up with oil in his wounds, take him to the end, and then paid for him and said, if there's anything more that is needed, Lay that to my account. Who's the neighbor? Well, him that did him good. Go down and do likewise. Well, 
That's the neighbor. But he said, and it's been said, love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. Jesus goes on and clarifies this in the bylaws of the kingdom of heaven. He said, but I say unto you. Now, he is not coming against the law of Moses. He's fulfilled it and brought it to a higher degree. Moses' law said it was an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. And you render to your enemies due retribution accordingly that has been done to you, an eye for an eye. And Jesus there now is bringing it to a higher level, not a natural law to the natural people with natural boundaries, but the spiritual law of liberty in Christ Jesus. And states here, now, but I say unto you, what right does he have to say that? Because now, after being baptized of John and Jordan, he has entered into the order of Melchizedek in the priesthood. A higher order. Taking the law of Moses, the Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments given to us in Exodus 20, and he has brought it to a higher degree, fulfilling it in every aspect of the law. Bring it to the spiritual level. After he was baptized in John and Jordan, they're taking that order of Melchizedek. That's the reason why that he came to John, who was of the order of Abijah, Zechariah, Abijah, of the Levitical priesthood after Aaron, and said, baptize me. Not because he had sin. He's born the sinless, spotless, blameless Lamb of God, though he will be tried in all points like as we are yet without sin. He's an Adam after the fall in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin to condemn sin in the flesh. Made in under the law, Galatians 4, verse 4. Made of a woman, made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. Now to understand the love of God there is he's loving us and while in yet we are sinners. And we have to have the same love. And I'm afraid not only in fundamentalist, but Pentecostal realm, as well as tabernacleist, in the new thing, in the new wineskin, in the new wine, in the new thing that God is doing. We must have that kind of love. We cannot make it without that kind of love. God is love. And those that are in him will walk as he walked. First John, his epistle, tells us that. But Jesus goes on because now we're not under the Mosaic law. We're under grace. Now we're servants under righteousness. Servants under righteousness is the righteousness of God by faith. And in the greatest commandment of all, the first commandment, whenever the scribe asked Jesus, what is the first commandment of all? What's the dominant commandment? And Jesus said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thus shall love the Lord with all thy uh, heart, strength, and might. And the second is likened to it, love your neighbors yourself. But now he's saying it's been said that you love your neighbor and hate your enemy. He's addressing this in the bylaws, in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, and who's going to be able to enter in. Now, we think that we can judge matters after our own intellect by what we feel according to our conscience. 
We can't judge according to our conscience. We can only judge righteous government, which is given to the body of Christ through the Holy Ghost. In John 20, 22, Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. That was given to the body of Christ as a corporate judgment to the body of Christ. As the keys given to Peter, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose upon earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now the keys given to Peter of the kingdom. Somebody said, well, that's only to Peter. No, it's to the body of Christ, all that have the Holy Ghost. That after you have received the word of truth, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So in Hebrews 1, God in sundry times and divers manners spake to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. So now, every individual believer that has the Holy Ghost can go boldly within the veil, in the throne room of God, boldly, and have fellowship with God in the blood flow, member to member. If we walk in the light, the present truth of the word of God, then we have fellowship one with another. That's blood flow through the individual members of the body of Christ. Fellowship one with another. And that's the love of God that constrains us to bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill this law. Not the law of Moses, the law of Christ. The law of Christ is basically God's love manifest in and through the body of Christ. Now, Jesus has stated there many times that and this in the Constitution of Heaven, notice he says that it's been said you love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Then he goes and he says, but I say unto you. Why? Because he's after, order, after the order of Melchizedek. It's a higher change of priesthood that was required from the law of Moses to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Hebrews goes in and, and says that it was necess- necessary. It was, an, it was a necessity for a change in the priesthood. And by that, Jesus, being the mediator of the new covenant by his own offering of himself upon the cross, buying us with his holy, righteous, holy blood, and redeemed us bought us with a prize, now gave us his spirit, and we're to walk according to that spirit. And he says there, but I say unto you, why? Because notice that after Jesus baptized of John and Jordan, if you take the old high priest under the old covenant, under the Mosaic covenant, that the priesthood could not continue by reason of death. And it's very important. Therefore, At the age of 30, Numbers 4 tells us that the high priest, not just a priesthood, but the high priest would take his office at age 30. Mentioned several times in Numbers 4. The high priest takes his office at age 30. Jesus, being about the age of 30, will come into his priesthood, but not after Levi, not after the Aaronic priesthood. He will come in there after the order of Melchizedek. And by the old covenant, the high priest would, by reason of death, 
take his son and do three things. Number one, when that son reached age 30, the age to take over the high priesthood, the high priest would do three things. Number one, he would anoint his son with oil. Number two, lay hands on him. And number three, speak over him. Thou art the high priest in my stead. From that day forward, the son would be the officiator in that office of the high priest. The father would then literally retire and the son would be responsible for the high priest duties. Well, Jesus, at age 30, it's a time for the change for him to take his ministry and his priesthood as our great high priest, fulfilling the law in the body of his own flesh, made in under the law, Galatians 4, verse 4. He comes to John the Baptist, which is, of course, of Zechariah, of the course of Abijah, of the Levitical priesthood after Aaron, and says, baptize me. Well, John says, I have need to be baptized of you, whose shoe latches I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Jesus had suffered to be so to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, to fulfill the work of God manifest in and through Jesus, the mediator of the covenant. And that righteousness is that he is God, always has been God and always will be God. Before Abraham was, Jesus said, I am. Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it. All things were created by Jesus Christ, Colossians 1, 16. All things. Why? Because he's the word, which is the father, which is that spirit, which is the Holy Ghost. But the word is the expression, the expression office of the spirit of God. God created. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And God said, by his word, he created and said, let there be light. And there was light. And it was good. Everything is held together today, at present, by the word of his power. If the word ever ceased to exist, then all creation would go into a void. There would be no creation. But everything is held together by the word of his power. Why? Because the word is eternal. God's eternal. He's a self-existent, eternal God. That word there, Jesus is that word. The son of God came into being when the word was made flesh because the son of God has two components. He's a spirit of God without measure. He is the father revealed. He is that spirit. He is the Lord Jehovah. He is Emmanuel, God with us. But it's manifest, seen, revealed in a body of flesh. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16, for God was manifest in the flesh. Past tense. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preaching to the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. God was. That's past tense. Now, we are the body of the Christ. We are the light of the world. Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. But now you are the light of the world. It's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the Holy Ghost of Comforter will not come. Jesus said, for your sakes, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And he did that on the day of Pentecost. Well, what is that kingdom of God? 
It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're the living epistle. You are that royal priesthood now. You are revealing Christ through the body of Christ in love, not in a judicial process of condemning everything that doesn't think like you or me or anyone else for that matter. That's the reason Jesus said, you have heard it said, to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And we think we have a right to do so. Under the old law, we would. If somebody did you wrong, you did them. You had every right for a recompense. Uh, eye for an eye, revenge. As Cain slew Abel. But now, it's far greater. A greater love. And that is revealed in and through the body of Christ. The real body of Christ. Not the one professing to be a Christian but the one that's walking in love, even as Jesus did. Somebody said, that's impossible. It's impossible in the flesh. True, but not in the spirit. Because all mankind, be it male, female, was made in the image of God. And therefore, there do evil. Speak evil of no man. Why? Because they're made in the image of God. And God causes it to rain on the just as well as the unjust. And therefore, we are to love just as God loved. So he goes on and says, and elaborates and says, I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Not just dislike you, hate you. And pray for them, which despitefully, they are premeditating to destroy you, despitefully use you, and persecute you. Now they say, that's impossible. No, it's not with the love of God, because when you pray for them, you're even coals of fire upon their head. Somebody said, well, that's fire. No, it's the Holy Ghost to bring them to the full measure of the statue of Jesus, to bring them to the foot of the cross, to pray for them that their soul might be saved. But knowing that if they don't, and God's not willing that any should perish, and what we need to know is that is a truthful statement. God's not willing that any should perish. Somebody said, well, why didn't this save everybody? Well, he would if he could. He died on a cross to do so. He died for every man, for all sinners, for the whole world, but he can't deny himself. God is holy. He's righteous. Therefore, he's made a way for us to be in the truth, the way, and the life. But if we reject his love, if we reject his blood, which speaketh love, every other death required vengeance. If they were murdered, it cried, just as Cain slew Abel, and his blood, blood cried out to God for vengeance. For vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith God. But now, Jesus' blood speaketh better things than that of Abel. It speaks, and it speaks love. It's the only bloodshed that is holy, righteous, and eternal, and speaks love. Love above any human thinking or intellect. 
to where it is able in God's love to love your enemies, to pray for them that despitefully use you, do good to them that hate you. And every Jesus ministry is going to have a Judas Iscariot. You're going to have people that will undermine you. But you don't go out for vengeance. You literally pray for them, for God to bring them to the foot of the cross, to see their ways and repent. And that is God's will. But we think, well, we have a right to do righteous judgment. Righteous judgment is the body of Christ and it's not to destroy the soul even. When you had the man that had gone up to his father's couch and done that, which was not even mentioned among the Gentiles, Paul said to the church at Corinth, that he'd had his father's wife, in other words, his stepmother. And when he did, Paul said, I'm absent with you in body, but I'm present with you in spirit to take such as one that has done this and deliver him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Why? That he be destined to hell? No. That he might be saved in the day of the Lord. Still wishing for salvation for the man, even though that he had done this gross sin. The same is true today. And Paul tells us, through the Holy Ghost, judge nothing before the time. Well, what time? When judgment's given to the saints of the Most High God at the day of the Lord. Nothing before then. Judge nothing before the time. For the same judgments you meet will be measured to you again. And he that judges the law is not a doer of the law. Now, that's a profound statement. Jesus goes on to say, why? Why do you do this? That you may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to shine on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? There's a reward for that? Yes, know that there is. Know that there's a reward, and every commandment you keep it's not that just to obedience unto righteousness, but every, every promise that you keep for these great and exceedingly precious promises given to us, whereby we can escape the corruption of the world through lust. We can escape the lust of the eyes, the pride of the life, and the lust of the flesh. We can escape the love of money, which is the root of all evil. And we can escape that. That we what? That we might be partakers of his divine nature. And the only way to do that is to walk in the light as he's in the light. To love as he loves. And what you're doing there is receiving a reward and favor with God. Not cutting yourself off by judgment, regardless if we think we have a right to judge. For vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith God. Now, does the body of Christ have in the body, in a corporate through the Holy Ghost, power to retain sins and to remit sins? The answer is yes. It was given to the corporate body of Christ, but it's righteous judgment in the corporate body, not one person, not some priest saying, I, I give the absolution or whatever the case is, say so many Hail Marys and whatever. No, absolutely not. 
but it is in the power of the body of Christ being in one mind, one accord. But it has to be one body. It has to be one accord. It has to be walking in the light as Jesus is in the light. And then it's not to destroy the soul. It's that that soul might be saved in the day of the Lord. And even Jesus, whenever he was betrayed by Judas Iscariot, did not take vengeance on him. But he said, that that thou doest, do it quickly. It had been better for you never been born. You were a devil from the beginning. But the Lord said, do it. What you do, do it quickly. And in other words, he gave way to judgment. And Judas Iscariot, after he saw the error of his way, well, he repented. 30 pieces back to the, the, to the chief priest went out and hung himself and the field of Asadama. And that was the field of blood. And his bowels gushed out. There's the end of the ones that come against God, but not you. There's no blood on your hands, and you're rewarded for doing it. That's the main thing. You're growing in grace, in favor of God, when you pray for your enemies. You do good to those that spitefully use you. You pray for them. You do good to those that hate you. We've had in the ministry over 45 years, those that just hated us, came to work in the ministry and then to overthrow, just as Judas Iscariot did, to overthrow. And is there any malice? No, have no malice toward the people. Have no malice toward them. They are taken over by the evil one. The wicked one taketh them at will. It's only when the heart is diligently seeking the Lord God, walking the light as he's in the light, that you can manifest the love of God. But no one has the right to judge anything before the time, before judgment's given to the saints of the Most High God in the day of the Lord Jesus, when we will judge angels and the world to come will be under the sons of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the nations of them that are the righteous nations that go into the millennial. They don't have eternal life. They're not in the body of Christ. However, however, they walk in the name of their gods, their judges, of which Jesus has made each of the believers that have been faithful to him, be thou ruler over five cities, be thou ruler over ten cities, are being priests in the in the uh, in the temple of God, of which Jesus builds himself. During the millennial reign, we'll be kings and priests of the Lord our God, and we'll reign with him for a thousand years. But what, what is the reward there? Those that have shown the love of God. You must show that love. We must show that love. In the flesh, it's impossible. The flesh cries, cries vengeance, revenge. But the spirit doesn't. Walking in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, you will love even as he loved. You will pray for your enemies. You'll do good to them that hate you. You'll pray for them that despitefully use you. And those, and you'll do good to them that do every evil way railing upon you and every false accusation to persecute you. Then it says, leap for joy. And be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. There's your reward. The more you do, the greater the reward. 
It's not just something, well, I have to grin and bear this. You grow in grace. You grow in favor. You're rewarded. Through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us, whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, that what? That we might be made partakers of his divine nature. Then we grow up into him in all things all true. And as that time we overcome, we inherit all things, a joint heir with Christ. Then if it be that we suffer with him. And the suffering requires not only trials and tribulations, but also persecution. Those that hate us. Those that hate the way of truth. So, we want to love even as God loved us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we can see that he that loves God shall walk as he walked. Love is of God. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. And the fruit of that spirit is, first of all, love. Love, joy, gentleness, love, joy, faith, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, against since there is no law. Galatians 5.22. There's only one way, and that's through obedience unto righteousness. And simply obeying God, let him have the, the helm. Let him drive. Let him lead. Let him judge. Let him work vengeance on those who he will. And know for a certainty that in the last days, those that kill with a sword must be killed with a sword. We don't do it. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. We don't do it. God does. He renders judgment. All God's ways are judgment, and they're right and just. All we are to do is obey and show that love of God. Meekness is not weakness. Know that you'll be rewarded with great leap and be exceedingly glad and leap for joy, for great is your reward in heaven. Why? Because you've done these things. You've shown the love of God when others wouldn't. You've prayed for them that despitefully used you. You do good to them that were evil. Those are the ones that will be the Lord's crown when he makes up those diadems and when the, the Lord literally gives the inheritance to all of his and we'll be sons and daughters unto the Lord God Almighty and we'll reign with him forever and ever and ever and we'll follow the Lamb wheresoever he goeth. But these are unspotted from the world. These are chaste virgins that follow the Lamb wheresoever he goeth. And that is the will of God that we love one another, even as he has loved us. So, if this spirit, the Holy Ghost, bears witness with your spirit, and God is doing a new thing, and we'd like to have fellowship with you in the blood flow, well, simply give us a call or write to us. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or... You can, if you have questions, please share and, and ask it. We'll do our best to answer them. Or drop us a line. We'd like to meet you. Uh, give us a contact information and we'll call you. And certainly, would love to meet you. God's bringing his body into one. One body. One spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, Father of all, 
and in us all. The Lord's doing it now for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of his saints. He's doing it now. We're finding that we're in the last of the last days, and we must come together in the unity of the faith, not denomination, in the unity of the faith. Well, you can, you can email us. You can drop a message to us, ask any question at our websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Well, we thank you for your prayerful support as well as your generous offerings, without which we cannot stay on the air doing these podcasts. We always pray with God that you give, that God multiply the seed sown some 30, 60, 100 fold blessings and uh, multiply that seed sown that you will be there for every good work there for the Lord and supplies your wants, not the needs, but the wants of the saints. We bind in prayer with you. Well, the Lord bless you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.